0: Welcome. You're listening to The Rest of the Sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. Welcome back to The Rest of the Sermon. We are... We are back. It is so good to be back. If you yes, joined it us is. last week, uh, we had our third staff member, a little higher up here, Nikki Mauser, our family, our kidside director, uh, joined us, and hopefully you got to listen to last got week's podcast. a rest ton of, sermon. of feedback yeah. on that podcast. A lot of so. cool information. We actually saw her at the SEMO Fair. Uh, Love it. Uh, later that week on Friday, uh, her daughter, Jolie, sold a. Lamb.
1: Little backstory to the podcast last with week.
0: Purple and pink and stuff. But <laughs> as we're uh, leaving
1: the church offices, Rick, yeah. Nikki's, Nikki's husband's out front um, with the trailer filled with the lambs yeah and just i mean they've got some land they farm it was all awesome. silent i loved it no they're they not are silent. not no they are not they it are was great not. yeah <laughs> so we, we took the
0: kids we saw them out there but it's been great to have her on the team we're looking forward to another week in the office and everything with her and so glad yeah. you guys got a chance to, to listen to her Good this uh, learn more about her we are on our second week in rooted and renegade in the book of acts yeah we are um, super excited about that and the theme uh which we're not going to get to right this moment. We're going to make you wait a little bit. You said you wanted to talk about something. That's funny. That was
1: really cheesy. (laughs) No, yeah. So I did a wedding this weekend and um, I get to do a lot of those. It's great. This was a kid that was in my student ministry. And so I'm like, I'm in that phase now. And I'm also doing... I mean, I've done multiple baby dedications. I have married them yeah. and done baby dedications for them. And so I'm super looking forward to it in my ministry, like years down the road where I might do like their kids' weddings or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. That'll be really cool by God's yeah. grace. But anyway, it was way out in the boonies at this super cool converted barn. Total Instagram yeah. stuff. It was great. But they had like swings that were around that the barn. Is that in Grandin? Um, no, it was out past, um, I drove through Puxico to okay, get there. all right, okay. Yeah. So wait, big swings. Yeah, it, they, they had these big swings, and listen there was some effort put into these swings, man, because <laughs> there were steel bars that had been welded to give the shape to oh, the swing. wow. Okay. And then It's uh, not just
0: two ropes and a board. No, okay. sir. All right.
1: These ropes were like what they used on the Titanic. Like these oh, were gosh. serious ropes and they were all the same height. I noticed it, but they looked like they were, t- I don't know, man, but this was a project. Wow. Okay. This was a project, but I'm standing there and guy walks up and Uh, You know, he might be a local or something like that. And we start talking and I had my phone and I was texting somebody and uh, he just kind of leaned over to me and goes, uh, you must want the government to know where we are. (laughs) And I just kind of, you know, sighed pretty heavy and put my phone back into my pocket and leaned back over to him without missing a beat and went, don't they already know? <laughs> right, they already know. <laughs> I just, I didn't miss the beat. I thought, you know what, I'm feeling feisty
0: today, buddy. Oh yeah. my goodness, man. Yeah. That's a, that yeah, it. if they've got your driver's license, it's over. <laughs> we all have a social security <laughs> Yeah, number. you're a taxable, trackable human in being yes. when you're born. There's no getting around that. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. really funny. Also, there's Google Maps. We know where everything is. Literally. And we have the, pictures of it. Literally, like satellite.
1: literally the bride sent out. A pin to get to the location. So I was like, "You must not have got the pin you know, like, to get to this location." Great,
0: now they know where we are. You know, yeah, but yeah,
1: it was a, uh, it was interesting. For That's sure. a man. I
0: love that story. I also, love that conversation. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So, so this week, uh, this week we were still in Acts chapter one, verses four through fourteen, and um, we sort of covered some subject matter about waiting. Yep about waiting. Um, tell me a story that you didn't tell in the sermon uh, about a time you've had to wait for something.
1: Ooh, man, I mean, what was fresh on my mind was, and I didn't say the name of the restaurant because I would have loved to have <laughs> ripped into that. I mean, listen, I, I've been in food service. Yeah, yeah. So, so listen, I'm not tipping a dollar. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I've been on the other side. My right. brother Josh fed his family. I mean, right. yes. Yeah, so anyway, I'm well acquainted with food service. Yes. This was possibly in the top three worst food experiences for me. Of Of all time. Of calling ahead. Yeah. Placing the order ahead of time. Yeah. Getting there and waiting well into the 45 minutes for the food. Yeah. Um, Getting the food, getting home. Yeah. That order being wrong, getting back in, getting up there. And then waiting again for them to get it right. It was so you
0: went back though.
1: Oh, my wife was yeah, was, I was locked say, I and just, loaded, I just, buddy. I, just, I just don't go back. Oh yeah, I call them time. like, hey,
0: you guys missed stuff, and I'm
1: not coming back. But I want you to do something about it. <laughs> I appreciate that about my wife. She's like, uh, uh-uh, uh we're getting ours, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go f- full steam ahead. But Here we go. We're not gonna
0: eat for an hour.
1: <laughs> I know, but we did it, man. We did it. Good it for was, you guys. It was worth it. You Good know, for you guys. So man, that's I, a long time. I mean, but other than that, waiting. I mean, I think of Disney and I think of like the fast pass when we did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. That kind of crept into my mind because you still wait. Right. The fast pass is like, okay, do you want to wait? It's, the not,
0: f- it's the not as slow pass.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's some times where like you don't wait at yeah. all because the ride has been scheduled and your fast pass gets checked in. And you blow by the line. That's pretty Like cool. we did that with Avatar, which yeah. was nuts. Like, to, like, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like, going by these people that look at you like, they're dehydrated, they're sunburned, they're leaned up against the rails. And You're we're, like, this is what I for. Whole, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. I told my wife, I said, if we're doing Disney, I'm not couponing. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man. This is a magical moment. We're yeah. saving up for this, buddy. <laughs> magical so, moment. That's what I think of anyway. How about that's you great. when it comes to waiting?
0: Uh, we had to wait. The one that came to mind, um, we had to wait for a year to get internet at the house that we live in. Yeah, at. you did. Internet, internet. So Didn't you have to, Did you have to like send in a letter to get it? I ended up speaking with the CFO of Sparklight. Let's like, go, buddy. It, it ended up getting to that that point. Um, for,
1: for our listeners, that is a local internet provider yeah, in the area. Yeah. So that's ball and stuff. So status. when
0: he found out how long I'd been on the chain for, um, he was like, oh my goodness, I'll have someone out there in two
1: days. And they were out
0: there. But okay. that was a
1: year later. I would like to <clears throat> chime in. That exact scenario is... Sheer fireproof. Yeah, of my wife hates that I handle situations this way. It is not about what you know. Yeah, it is not about what you're capable of doing. Yeah, it is a hundred percent about who you know.
0: Yeah, who and when you, yeah. and when you talk to the and
1: when you talk to the CFO. Yeah, he got it done in two days. Yeah, yeah, it was bonkers. Shout out to that guy, yeah. man. Good think, for you, buddy. I think
0: for the first six months, I mean we moved into this neighborhood and it said internet high-speed internet fiber all that stuff is in here so we we're like great that's a perk of buying the house well, we got there and realized it didn't go across the street from the entrance to the neighborhood and so
1: the, oh the my ca- god the cable
0: was i would sit on the back porch or i would sit on the back pad in, in the sorry in the kitchen and look out on the back porch through the rain in the window and stare at the bound up cable in the corner of my <laughs> yard Knowing that that's what that's has it. internet in it, that's it. And it needs to come to my house. And uh, oh my gosh! So we had to do. We had to open an account with AT and T, buy one of these portable hotspot things. Have like a hundred. But then you're on data. a ticker. Yeah, we had to. Uh, we oh. had. Like, yeah, it was. It would basically run out by the end Bro. of the month. And so that was <laughs> looking. We dealt with that for a
1: year. Out was, the window to the bound-up cable yeah, that like, is surging with the internet. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. if you could see it through Neo's eyes, yeah. it was so green. That yeah. cable was so yeah. green. Yeah, that was... and it's raining, <laughs> and 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 the soundtrack is in a dark, <laughs> cold hotel room.
0: Wanna, Hello, darkness, mild friend. Oh, that's man, the one that,
1: dude. That's, that's funny, buddy. I know our good. house got
0: struck by lightning and had to wait like two weeks to get internet again. Yeah, it did. You know, so, yeehaw. So, wow. we're talking about waiting.
1: That's the theme, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the theme of Acts chapter yeah. one.
0: Well, you talked about sitting in a waiting room uh, this past week and yeah. you were thinking about the text, uh, thinking about how you had to preach about waiting and you were doing it. Yeah. Um, and we see in verse four of Acts chapter one, and it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. So they're waiting for the promise of the Father. They're waiting for, Mm. I mean, they were promised the Holy Spirit, but they're really not even sure what's going to happen other than power from on high. They they don't have a ton of answers. They just have a command to obey.
1: They're they're still really unsure as to what the promise of the Father even is, because Jesus is talking about this helper, this paraclete in the original language that's coming, that's supposed to walk alongside them, but they have an Old Testament understanding of God's presence and God's presence is only in the temple. Like it's in the Holy of Holies and Jesus is talking crazy. And so really verse four is absolutely the anchor of the text. And I talked about theologically, we are still in a position where they are. When when we look at, um, you ready for this, Bible nerds? For the one of you that are out there, you're like, (laughs) I know what he's talking about. It's called salvation history, okay, where we are. Um, We are in a similar but opposite side of where the disciples are because Jesus has already come and he's ascended. Yeah. We are waiting on his return. Yeah. And so uh, we are waiting on a promise from the Father as well. Yeah. So I talked about that theologically, which is really cool because in Hebrews it says, I'm just going to read this verse because yeah. it, it's awesome, dude. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, Amen. will appear a second time. Yeah. Not to deal with sin because he's already done that. Man, that's so good. Yeah. Wow. But to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Yeah, man. Man, what an Advent verse. Yeah, right. You know, that's such a great verse. So I talked about that at a theological level, but man, I tell you, the Lord just really pressed in my heart this week that phrase to wait for a promise from the Father, and I just started thinking about our congregation and I just started bulleting these things down that I know people are waiting for. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I spent time with a guy this week who was waiting on a new job, right. waiting on a transition there, um, people waiting on chemo to end. Right. Um, we even said, you're, you're waiting to get pregnant. Right. You're, you're waiting on your prodigal child to come home. You're waiting on a call from your dad. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean at, at such a core level for us, a lot of us are waiting on something, man. Yeah. Waiting on that promise that yeah, the father man. has given us. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I want to revisit that passage from Hebrews nine really quick because contextually we're, we are waiting for the return of Jesus. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, in our life, we have all these little things or they're huge things that we wait for, but the ultimate thing is the return of Jesus. Amen. And I think like, I think we lose how big of a deal that is in Christian culture. Like this is, The return of Jesus is a big deal. It's a big deal for Christians. It's not just like, I thought of it this way. It's not info on a leaflet at the bottom of a mail pile. It's printed on the family crest over the fireplace. We eagerly await for the return of
1: Jesus. I I don't know if I'm right on this or not, but I think, I think every New Testament book references the the return of Christ. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. I mean, when you think of the Apostle Paul, who's like, we're in the last days. Yeah. Timothy, fan the flame because Christ is... I mean, dude, you're exactly... I mean, that is the banner, dude. Yeah.
0: Well, I think at the core of that, like, okay, I thought... I thought of this earlier on a way in here. We're, we're willing to wait for things that we love. Mm-hmm. You're willing to wait for what you love, and I think waiting eagerly for Christ's return is evidence of fruit of love for Christ and relationship with Jesus. But why do you think? Why do you think? Just maybe speculating, or maybe you have an answer that you know for sure. Why do you think that the the return of Christ is not? It doesn't seem to be as held as dearly or waited for as eagerly as other things in the faith right now. It's
1: a great question. And I think it goes back to, do we really believe he rose? Hmm. Because these guys are witnesses to something. I mean, that's the whole book of Acts. Yes, yeah. they, they were witnesses to the resurrection. They had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus for these 50 days. Yeah. And it changed them so much so that in this chapter, Peter stands up yeah. and talks about it. Well, Peter is the guy that denied. I mean, so you know, we're going to get into all that, Right. but I think it goes back a layer. Um, I think it's a great question that you asked. And I think that if you look at your average church or average Christians, I don't think that that is something that is eager. I mean, Jesus says in the Olivet Discourse to be awake like four times, to yeah. be watching for his return. I don't think that we really grasp the fact that Christianity is not based upon precepts. Yeah. It's not based upon a teaching. It's based upon a person, yeah. and the person being Jesus Christ, who is alive today. Yeah, And once your mind it drops from your mind, and you understand that as much as you can grasp into your heart, yeah. and you've interacted with that resurrected Jesus, yeah. then I think the door opens to that Jesus is coming back again. Yeah. And man, there's times where whether it's studying a passage or maybe a moment in prayer, and I feel it more around Advent. And I think it's probably just because that's the time in the calendar when yeah. we're waiting for it and that's the appropriate season. Yeah. I I feel a little bit of an angst around Advent. About getting to physically see Jesus. Yeah. That's what's cool to me. Yeah. Is the physicality of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it is. I I don't think it's something that's as pressing as it is in the New Testament. I think you're on the money on that. And I think it's because have we really interacted with this resurrected Christ? Yeah. You know? That's so. good.
0: That's good. Well, we eagerly wait as believers for the return of Jesus, but we also have things that we wait for while we're here in our flesh on this earth. Yeah. And uh we don't we don't wait empty handed. I love that you said you often found yourself carrying something with you, whether it's in a waiting room or you know whatever yeah. it is you're waiting for. And so you kind of unpacked a couple things for us through through the content of Acts chapter one, verses four through fourteen. And I guess we kind of go out of the bounds of those verses. Yeah, we really
1: cover the majority yeah. all the way to verse twenty six. Yeah,
0: but we end up we don't we don't wait empty handed. We wait with certain things. And so you brought us through this. The first thing was that we wait with God's
1: plan. Yeah, no and nobody got the Drake joke <laughs> I didn't
0: <laughs> I didn't get the, the Drake joke I mean
1: as I'm writing my sermon notes I'm like point number one guns plan <laughs> you know, I've no never boy. heard that song <laughs> yeah and like two people looked up at me and like shook their head and everybody I think else it's and, more
0: than the two people in the room yeah. I think there are a lot of people in the
1: room who are like is it okay to like that and Roman it's okay to like that <laughs> all I cared about was Roman got it <laughs> afterwards which was great yeah so yeah yeah that's, so, great. Yeah, that's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't be ashamed of what you like or what you listen to. It's that's, just that's what okay. it is, man. Yeah, yeah. You can take
1: the kid out of the hood, but you can't take the <laughs> hood out of the kid, son. <laughs> so you don't
0: wait empty-handed. You wait with God's plan. You wait with God's plan. Unpack that for a little bit because we talk about patience. We talk about yeah. um, kind of navigating God's will. Take us through some of that.
1: Well, I love the disciples' response because they're like, "Yes, it's go time." He did it. He rose from the grave, and then they say. Are you going to do it? Right. Are you going to restore the kingdom? Yeah. Now, we don't understand that statement, restore the kingdom, has massive political yeah. implications to yeah. it. you got to understand Israel has always been under another kingdom's boot, yeah. essentially, whether it be Babylon, whether it be Egypt. Yeah. And, and during this time, they're under the Roman boot. And so they're like, are we finally going to get, you know, And I said Sunday, because we're so much different (laughs) than the people in the Bible. We think this nostalgic, if we could just have... We're going to get the leader we want, finally. A a Christian nation and, you know, do all of this. Um, And Jesus shuts them down so fast, man. Yeah. Um, He goes, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) It is not for you to know. And then he says this, times or seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really important words. Um, times is where we get the word, it's chronos, where we get chronological from. Yeah. But then he says seasons, which is kairos, which is where we get these specific sort of God-appointed moments. Yeah. And so Jesus shuts them down and says, um, no, this is not an establishment of a political kingdom like you think it is. God has a specific plan,
0: yeah,
1: and and you don't know about when that's going to get implemented. And so the first thing that we said was is that patience isn't just the ability to wait, yeah, because the the disciples could say that they've been waiting, right, but they are waiting with a false pretense and a false mindset. Yeah, we said that patience is the ability to wait joyfully. Yeah, and and, huge difference. And joy comes from the Lord, man. Um, I remember actually on a Sunday, you talking to Jesse Ray yeah, and Jesse was getting ready to do something or she asked about something and it was either you or Kayla. I think Kayla said, no, baby, you need to wait on that. And you said, Jesse, what is patience or what is waiting? Yeah. And, and Jesse said to wait happy. Is that that, that the definition? We went
0: around the candles of Advent at the table each week, um, last year for Christmas. And we, when we got to, uh, joy when we got to joy or happiness yeah it was to wait happily yeah we tell our kids patience means to wait happily but i like
1: joyfully better because that's a
0: no that's great though but i mean that's
1: i mean but what a word for us as adults to think that you know we're waiting we're waiting in line at the dmv we're waiting like i was waiting for food and i'm waiting with an angst almost with aggression with frustration but I'm not waiting, like Hebrew says, mm. eagerly and joyfully. So I think that's the first thing. But the big thing here that we really narrowed down on is that God's will is like a compass. It's not like a calendar. Yeah. And I think this is really important for followers of Jesus to understand when it comes yeah. to seasons of waiting. Because I think a majority of us grew up with this teaching of what I like to call God's will is a dot. yeah on a map. And so you grow up in youth group and your youth pastors railing back every, you know, to every Adam, God made an Eve. And you're like, I got to find the one. And right. is this God's will for me to go to college? And I mean, I remember a season in my life being so stressed and so anxious whether or not I was in God's will. Right. Yeah. And Man, that's such a restrictive view of what God's will is. Yeah. Do I think that God has some specifics? Well, yes, because Jesus says there's times and seasons. Right. So there are specific things. But most of the time, I illustrated it this way um, that it's less about like details and it's more about a direction. Yeah. So, like I said, I went to um, and did a wedding this weekend. Well, I lost service on my Google Maps, and so my Google Maps couldn't tell me when to turn left. But what it was telling me was where my destination was and where I was. And it was telling me that I was headed in the right direction. And there were times when even that destination would fritz out when I wouldn't have cell service, but it was letting me know I was heading in the right direction. And anytime we look in the scriptures, that's how God's will functions. God tells Abraham to go, or he tells Daniel, or he tells Jeremiah to go and to do something And it's a general direction because God wants us to make decisions and to lean on him for faith and obedience in that. And so I said, God's will is like grandma's tray of cookies. Yeah, man. When grandma offers you that tray of cookies... The question is what is the right cookie? all of them. and yes, and Sunday it was you and somebody else and towards well. the back said all of them, yeah, because I was like, what's the right cookie? because we treat that like, oh God, right now we come before you right And out of these twelve cookies, what is the one that you have sovereignly <laughs> before the foundations of the earth created for me that I should have and we and what it ends up becoming is paralysis by analysis. Yeah. we yeah. don't make any decision. And um the the correct cookie is any of them. Right. Because they're in the boundary of the tray. Yeah. And so God's word functions like that. Anything that's in his word is good. Yeah, man. And so we don't just wait empty handed. Yeah. We are waiting on God's plan and with a plan.
0: Yeah, man. Well, and I, I love the I love I love the piece about patience. Excuse me, my, my brain is fritzing for a moment. I think it's the coffee. Mm-hmm. It's probably not. And the ability to wait joyfully. Um and I wanted to talk for just like maybe a minute. What what keeps us from waiting joyfully? Mm. Like is cause we could say it's our circumstances. I mean, is it confusion? Is it control? Is it chaos? Is is it a perspective problem like that? Is it situational or is it something else? I, yeah.
1: I think um I'm sometimes I'll do just a post on social media and just as I'm writing my sermon there in my office, I'm thinking about people. I'm. I'm thinking about the sanctuary on Sunday. I'm praying for people, yeah. and I'll just ask a question like sermon help. What are your thoughts on blank? Right. And people do a really great job and respond. And so, yeah. I posted about what, what in your personal opinion what makes it so difficult to wait. Yeah, and by far the majority was a loss of control. Yeah, that you are at the mercy of what's on the other side of the doctor's door yeah. or any, I mean, you can do, you feel so helpless. And so I think we, we, we're we not patient because we are just so jittery to get our hands back in and control some yeah. sort of the situation. Yeah. And inevitably, every time we see that in the pages of scripture in a story, that's when it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Horribly wrong. So I would say that it's um, a loss of control. Some people talked about doubt. Yeah. And and fear creeping in because then when you're waiting, you can overthink. Right. Like, oh no, is this the right one? Why am I waiting? Right. Um, should I have had it by now or should I have already done? And then you just yeah. spiral out of control when it comes to that. So I think it's a myriad of things.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of of control and the idea of chaos. It's it's just so ingrained in Western culture and who we are. I identify it with, with it a hundred percent.
1: I mean, Um, bro, when Amazon spends millions of dollars for the buy it now with one, I mean, it is scientifically proven that the click of the button, the swiping right, all of those things are designed by psychologists and scientists that bring satisfaction to our brain. So in urban environments, when you can order your groceries on Amazon and they're on your front porch that day... The art of waiting is yeah. definitely getting lost, yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing out there that's there's no app, there's no uh, there's nothing you can pay for that's gonna like make you wait. Right? Like they're not creating something for you to wait for. They're right? Creating for something for you to wait less for. Absolutely. No, uh, I lo- and I love that language. God's will is more like a compass, and it's not like a calendar. That's so encouraging. So, so we don't uh, we don't wait empty handed. We wait with God's plan. And the second thing was we wait with God's promises, which. I loved um, a couple weeks ago. I preached out of Psalm uh, Psalm ten and talked about finding our hope in the promises and the character of God. Yeah, and I found I found great encouragement from this. And in verses eight through eleven, it says this: You will. Th- this is a promise that the the apostles, the disciples, have received from Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And then while they were gazing into heaven and he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We see several promises in here. Can we unpack what these promises are and how they're good news, both for the disciples, but also for us?
1: Yeah, a way that I learned um, right after I had gotten saved I'd gotten a little devotional um, by Charles Spurgeon, and um, it's a very famous devotional. But in the devotional, uh, I'll never forget, he just said, anytime you see God or Jesus say, I will or you will or I shall or you shall, the wills and shalls of the Bible, you need to underline that you need to circle it. and, And you need to ask yourself, has that already been fulfilled? Well, if it's been fulfilled, then God is a promise keeper. Yeah. Um, if it's a promise that hasn't been fulfilled, then God is a promise maker. Yeah. And we see two of them right there in verse eight. You will receive power yeah. and you will be my witnesses. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying is, guys this thing depends on me. Yeah, This is going to happen. And we even referenced back in John 14, the last night that Jesus had with his disciples, he had already promised them this. In uh, chapter 14, verses 26, starting on 26, he says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, there it is, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you these things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. And so... We see just these massive promises that, you know, he says later on, I've not left you as orphans. The spirit is going to come. And so um, I think about the idea how us as parents, when we're talking to our kids, whether it be Christmas time or birthdays, and there's presents around, yeah. and they just can't grasp why they can't open that now or have right. that now. And you say, as dad, you know, baby girl, we're going to do, we're going to open this in so many weeks. This right. is something we're going to do when parents promise something to their kids, it's very serious. And we see God promising us the same thing, that we're not waiting alone, but he's given us his promises in that.
0: That's good. Yeah. And he provides what he promises. He Amen. took us on three sub points. He, and we talked about his provision obviously already, but I think we also wait on God um, a lot of times to, to provide and, and be the only one who is solely providing the action. Mm. And what I love is you broke this down in three ways. What God promises, he provides, and then the power of God is in the presence of God. He says upon you, but then you said this, what if you are waiting on God, what you're waiting on God to do, God's waiting on you to do. Yep. At what point is there like a separation between I'm praying and relying on God for this and I'm going to take action? Because there's Good. like, there's a tension there between I'm in control of, you know, I'm the master of my own fate, right. captain of my own soul, whatever. I <laughs> don't ever right. say that. And then... uh and then God's in control of everything. I mean, these these overlap. These For mesh sure. together in our lives, but it's difficult to see how sometimes, especially if you have a personality where you're all in on something. If you look around, you're like, well, this isn't going to get done unless I do it. You do it all yourself and go 100% full steam, or I'm just relying on God. How do these overlap and how can we engage? This is the language we've been using. How can we engage with God and the kingdom work he's doing now?
1: That's good. That's a great question. And I think it comes down to understanding the difference between, and I didn't get into this Sunday, but this is a great place to do it the difference in passive waiting and active waiting. Mm. So chapter one is not passive waiting. Passive waiting, an example would be that you're sitting at a bus stop waiting for the bus to arrive, yeah. and you're just sitting there. There's, there's nothing that you can do. You're just waiting on the bus to show up. Yeah. That's not how God's will and God's plan works. Um, it's more like active waiting. And an example of active waiting would be a waiter at your table, yeah. Um, who is constantly checking in, constantly serving you, um, while the food is being made? There's engagement. He's doing things. He or she is doing things. That's what we see the disciples doing in Acts chapter one. It's not passive waiting. It's active waiting. Yeah. And and the active waiting is in that final point. What if what you're waiting on God to do, God's waiting on you to do? Yeah. And where this comes from is in the contradiction in verses 8 through 11, when the disciples say, Jesus, will you blank? Yeah. And then, I love it, Jesus flips it on them and says, no, I won't, but you will blank. Yeah. And then the angels go, why are you just standing there? Right. Why are you just gazing into heaven? And Spurgeon has an entire sermon mm. where he talks about the church just stands and and watches Jesus in heaven. And that's not what our king is like. We don't just have an ethereal concept of Jesus, yeah. but that if he is risen and he has ascended, then it's time for us to get to work. And so I think it's understanding the difference in passive and active, and then very simply breaking down, let's say very specifically, you have a relationship that you're praying that, that God, number one, has a plan for that relationship. Yeah. Um, that is, if possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all. Yeah. And you have a family member that you're in conflict with, but you also have God's promises that he wants unity and harmony within the people of God. Um, what if what you're praying about and that reconciliation with that family, God is actually saying to you and you pray, God, please bring reconciliation to my family Please restore the relationship with my dad, my brother-in-law, my in-laws, whatever it is. Yeah. What if God is saying to you, that is my desire? Yeah. And I want you to pick up the phone. Yeah. And I want you to call him. And I want you to go out to lunch with him. I think it's a both and God yeah. wants to partner. He wants to partner with us in the yeah. work that he's doing.
0: That's good, man. That's good. So We don't wait empty-handed. We wait with God's plan, and we wait with God's promises. And then the third thing he brought us to was this. We wait with God's people, which I absolutely love. Um, I love that we are not created uh, as isolated, uh, alone individuals. We are created in community with one another. Super quick plug in terms of community. uh, Well, is this going to come out on Tuesday or Wednesday? Still Wednesday? Yeah,
1: it'll come out on Wednesday. Okay,
0: cool. So tonight, West Side Men, if you're a guy who wants to be in, in community with other dudes who love Jesus and want to get to know Jesus more yourself, you can come to West Side Men tonight at 6.30. Yep. We're going to be hanging out, find a table, get to know some dudes and all of that. And if you're a woman 16 or older, West Side Women is on Monday nights at 6.30. Yep. Go there as well and get connected with some women. So we wait with God's people. Wait with God's people. I'm going to read from Acts 1, 12 through 14, and then talk about what it is to wait in community. Uh, it says, then they returned to Jerusalem, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. And here's all the names, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, which is a super awesome name. Mm -hmm. I would name a child Alphaeus and Simon, the zealot and Judas, the son of James. All these were with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Bro, there's a party going on up
1: That's there. That's super cool, man.
0: Everybody is there. What's the what's the importance of of all of those people gathering? Mary, the mother of Jesus being there, Jesus' brothers, the disciples?
1: Yeah, I think it's really cool, number one. I just love the sort of in a Steven Spielberg sort of way that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is mentioned there. Um, yeah. I think it does a number of things, but I think it shows us that Mary worshiped Jesus And so, you know, in in some streams of faith, Mary is an object of faith Mm. and she's not an object of faith. She's an example of faith. She's an example of faith in Jesus. And so I think that's significant because we see her here waiting. We see her later on in Acts, taking communion, doing all of that stuff, which is really, really cool. But what I think is significant is that these guys, it says, were with one accord, Together, it's mentioned over and over and over again. Yeah, and Jesus gave a group command for them to wait together. Yeah, which by the way sheds light on like 90% of the commands in the New Testament you cannot obey and fulfill in isolation, like bear with one another, love one another, pray with one another. Doing all of those things requires living life together. Yeah, and so. You know, just the first subpoint of application that we said was is that God has never asked us to wait alone,
0: and that is extremely good news. yes, yes. Like, I, I love that you mentioned this. Um and you said it might sting a little bit. Loneliness is a choice, yeah, man. um, to some degree, I, 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 that completely is accurate and one hundred percent true. And I think it puts a level of ownership and almost stirs a desire within us of, hey, there's something in our lives right now. If you're not connected with people, there's something in my life right now that doesn't seem right. There's something in my life right now that's not that's not cohesive with you know joy or community or whatever. And you I would venture to say a lot of that is a lot of that is a lack of being with
1: other people. 100%. A hundred percent lack
0: of being in community. We're not created to be alone.
1: And especially, listen, please, in in light of COVID, and I mean. <laughs> One of the things that made the pandemic so brutal, man, is for a temporary amount of time, we were ordered to be isolated away from people. Yeah. That being around people for the first time in a long time became extremely dangerous. Yeah. And so the answer given to us was was to isolate. And have you ever thought that one of the ways that they punish a prisoner in prison— Yeah. Is in isolation. Alone. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, so yeah. that that is the antithesis of what it means yeah. to be healthy and to do that. And the idea that loneliness is a choice sometimes is very difficult to hear. Yeah. But the reality is, is that there's got to be a level of ownership, like you said, and especially in light of these days of yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, our church isn't perfect. We've tried to reach out to as many people as we could. Um, I'm, we've definitely, I'm sure, left people hanging, yeah. and I'm sure people are disgruntled about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we really tried our best to go through our, our membership log literally number by number yeah. of calling people and yeah. sending text messages because we realize how important it is. Yeah. And and I had this. I actually ended up using a different illustration, but our kids got a trampoline a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, it was actually they got it the Christmas before everything happened in March. Yeah, and so um, you know while we were in shelter in place on a couple of warm days when spring rolled around, I put this trampoline together, and so I get the instructions out, which is a book <laughs> yeah. when it comes to a trampoline, bro. <laughs> I mean, a book, and the very first step. On the trampoline thing uh, was find a partner. Yeah, find a partner. Yeah, and I just thought, man, this is true when it comes to not just building a trampoline, but building our life. Yeah, man. When it comes to building our life, we've got yeah. to find a partner. But God's never asked us to wait alone. And yeah. then I followed it up with this: I know so many people who've gone through seasons, whether it be the death of a loved one, chemo, and and they've felt like ah, man, I'm on the sidelines right now. I'm mm. not able for the first time in my life. I'm not serving. Yeah. I'm not involved. This isn't who I am. Why am I going through this season? I think one of the reasons why you went through that season is so you can hold somebody's hand in the waiting room that's going through the same season. Yeah. Because wow. it is so powerful to have somebody yeah. who's gone through the divorce or who's gone through the chemo or who's gone through this season of life to simply sit and wait with you Yeah. because there's nothing worse than waiting alone. And God's never asked us to do that, man.
0: Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I love the question you asked about upper room people and, I really introspective. If you're listening to this now, we want you to answer that question for yourself. Who are the, who are the people who have been through it? You're, as we say at Westside men, men, if you're listening to this, who are your brothers for the battle? Who are the people that you can call as I think you mentioned this on Sunday, your 3am people that you call in the middle of the night and say, I'm wrestling with this. And they'll pick up the phone, identify your upper room people and then be honest with them and say, Hey, you're my upper room person. Yep. Like, you guys are my upper room people. Let's formulate this and, and make sure that we are there for one another.
1: And by the way, I mean, I think when it comes to the upper room people, you know, the reason why we say that is because we see that in the text. Yeah. There's a different group of people that have been waiting. Mm. They're not the crowds in John 6 that just wanted right. miracles. Yeah. But I think in in the average person's lifetime, you can count on one hand yeah the 3am friends that you have right and so i think expectations is really important because i think sometimes people roll in church and they go all right Who wants to be my best friend? Right. You know, and and the reality... Nobody,
0: everyone hates me. Right, and the reality
1: (laughs) is is that those relationships require time, sacrifice, fostering those relationships. So yeah, man, we wait with
0: God's people. Yeah, that's so good. So we wait with God's plan. We wait with God's promises. We wait with... God's people. And then the last thing we saw was this, we wait with God's provision. He's the one who provides all of this, but we have three specific things that you broke down for us that we see here in the text. And the first one is this, one of the things that he provides is his word, Yep, is God's word, Acts one fifteen and 16. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons wasn't all about 120. You were right about that on Sunday and said <laughs> in verse 16, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Unpack that a little bit for us, because we're talking a little bit about like, the way they come about this and they're they're trying to, like, take action. The disciples are trying to move forward. Maybe we should replace Judas as yeah. the 12th disciple. Maybe we shouldn't. They decide that they should, and they go about that. Let's talk about that for a minute because they're relying on God's Word, and then there's maybe a little argument about how they went about that. Can yeah, you talk sure. about
1: that? No, the God's Word aspect is a big deal because they're in a season of waiting, yeah. and and they are actively waiting. Uh, they're not passively waiting. And so they go, whoop, we've yeah. got a vacancy on the team. Yeah, um, what do we need to do? And so in a season when they don't know what to do, they reference God's word. Yeah. Peter stands up and he quotes scripture. Yeah. And I illustrated it this way. I um I had a bunch of friends who went into the Marines. It was a big deal in in the hometown that I was from. It was like six or seven guys yeah. went off to boot camp uh after my senior year in high school and i remember when they came back the town threw them a parade and stuff and a lot of those guys went over to the middle east just super thankful for them and for their service yeah. but i remember them describing to me like what boot camp was like in san diego and what it is to be a marine yeah. and they had to go on these like multiple day hikes when basically your sergeant is like you need to be at this location at this time see ya and it's going to take days to get there. Yeah. And I remember saying, you know, they would say, Man, we'd be in days out there hiking, not knowing what to do. And I remember asking like such an idiot because I hadn't <laughs> gone to boot camp and I didn't know the severity of all How of this. How dare you not know? <laughs> I remember asking... Well, how come you didn't just like figure something out and, and do something different? Yeah. And they looked at me. And, and even when I said that, there were people that laughed Sunday because there are people who have served in the military. Right. You don't just do your own thing. And I'll never forget what they said. When we don't know what we're supposed to do, we do what we were last told. That's what you do. That's what a soldier does. So when your sergeant says, wait here, the tanks are coming, you wait there until the tanks come. And when you don't know what to do, you go off what you were last told. And that's what we see the disciples doing. They're in an unknown phase, in a season in their life, they're waiting. So they go to the scriptures and look at what they were last told. And listen, I can directly correlate the, the health of somebody's faith In the season of life that they're waiting in, I can directly correlate that to the diet, the steady diet, or the steady lack of diet that they have in God's word. Yeah. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's good. And so if you're in a season of waiting and you feel like your faith is faltering and you feel like you're becoming weak, please feast on God's word and find out what you were last told.
0: Yeah, that's good. And the next step that comes with it is is the brain that God gives us, our our own God-given logic. We don't just throw all of our brain and reasoning and logic out the window when we come to God's word. We study it, we read it, and then we apply it to our lives, and we take logical actions and steps to move forward, just like we see here in Acts 1, 21 through 23. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice or Eustace, and Matthias. a uh, fun fact we named our dog Justice uh, I like after it. this passage. Oh, very cool. And, uh, that was well it's because he he didn't win the casting lots because he's a dog right so yes. anyways talk about yeah. talk about how important it is to use the brain that God gave us and how we see the disciples doing that here
1: yeah so this is a super fun part of the passage that I didn't spend a ton of time on on Sunday but we see this super weird thing about like casting lots and they're trying to replace Judas. And so there's a ton of controversy over this. You can read, there's been a lot of ink spilled over this. Should the apostles have replaced Judas um, because they weren't directly commanded to do that? Right. Why did they do that? Well, One of the reasons why they did that is because um, back in the Gospels, Jesus tells them that the 12 apostles will rule and sit over in the 12 tribes of Israel in heaven. And so I'm sure there was a direct correlation there. If we have a vacancy on the team, we've got to have 12. 12 is really significant. But we see this idea that they casted lots and then they prayed. So, really quickly, casting lots actually was sanctioned um, by God in the Old Testament. Yeah, we see it happen in Exodus, but the big passage is Proverbs chapter sixteen, and it says that um, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is of the Lord. Mm. So, so essentially, what they're doing is. They are gathering all the information they have yeah. because he goes, okay, we got to replace this guy. What are the requirements? Yeah. What well, the requirements are, they have to have been with us and baptized by you know John and done all of this stuff, right. been witness to Jesus. Who, who fits that qualification? Yeah. Okay, these two guys do. So let's pray over these two guys, and then we're going to cast lots. The question is often asked, do we cast lots today because we see the disciples did that?
0: Yeah, we don't see, I mean, we don't see people casting lots for you know voting on a pastor, or right. board members or any of that. Why don't we see that today?
1: Yeah, so um, again, in salvation history, this is pretty important because just a few verses later, we see in Acts chapter two, the giving and the pouring out of and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So this is pre the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So if you were to think about it, This is sort of the last time that they referenced an Old Testament way of doing things. And so they don't cast lots anymore in the future uh, because they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I would even say for us on this side of the cross, we have the canonization of God's word. We have God's complete revealed will in the written word form along with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that inspired that word. And so between those two things and then prayer amongst wise counsel, I believe those three categories are sufficient for us to be eight, and that's actually the third thing is prayer in yeah. the last verses.
0: Yeah, they didn't the, just cast lots. They prayed about it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And and even in their prayer, they say, you Lord Jesus, who knows the hearts of all, show us which one. So I, I love what John Stott says. He says, it's not just like dice showing up to the prayer meeting right. or something. Yeah. They asked Jesus to pick the guy. Yeah. And, and ultimately, at the end, we see that Jesus is the one who does that. He just yeah. does it through these forms. Yeah. And so to summarize all of this, if you're in a season of waiting yeah, and you don't know what to do, number one, we go back to what God last told us to do. yeah. Well, well Jason, what do you mean by that? I mean, it's, should I go back to school? Should I? I don't know. Right. But I do know this. Um, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. And then you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um, are you able to do college... And do those things because those things take priority over going to college. And so what I'm meaning is – We as disciples have these same tools available to us today when it comes to, and the word that we're dancing around is this, discerning, discerning what God's will is because God's will doesn't function like a calendar. It functions like a compass. And and, and through these things we can help discern what God's will is.
0: Yeah, man. That's wonderful. Well, this was a great week. You close us out with a quote from Ben Patterson. You said waiting is not just the thing we have to do until we get what we hope for, Waiting is part of the process of becoming who God wants us to be. Yeah. The actual waiting and relying on God and using these resources, waiting with God's plan and with his promises and with his people, not doing it alone, waiting on his provision with his word, the brains that he gave us and relying on him in prayer. All of those things form us and shape us into God, into who God has created us to be, yes. his children, more like Jesus, until we are risen together with him in glory.
1: And, and, and please listen. The process is the point. Yeah. Oftentimes we think that we want to skip the process and get to the point. yeah. but always with Jesus, the process is the point. Yeah. So when it comes to um, knowing God better and having a deeper relationship with Jesus, which yeah. I don't know any single Christian that would say that they're just satisfied in that, right? right? Yeah. Um, the daily disciplines of just simple Bible reading and and prayer, is a part of the process. And reading your Bible doesn't make God love you anymore, but you reading your Bible makes you love God more. Yeah, man. And so the process is the point. And so that quote is such a good summary because I think the disciples realize, oh, This is the part of the formation of the type of follower of Christ that we're supposed to be. And a follower of Christ learns to wait well, man. Yeah, man.
0: That's so good. Well, I'm going to close this out in a passage um, before we we finish out here. This was a great week, man. I'm looking forward to next week as well. Yeah, man. It's going to be good. Yeah, dude. So great. Psalm 130. Listen to these words. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love and with him is plentiful redemption and he will redeem Israel from all his... Iniquities. Amen. Thanks be to God for His Word. We read a little bit of that together in the gathering Amen. on Sunday, it and it was super wonderful, really good.
1: Really quickly, um, I think it's going to be important. I'm going to talk about this this Sunday because we deal with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they're speaking in tongues, all kinds of stuff. And at the beginning of the sermon, I'm going to say, "Hey, listen, I can't get into everything right. and all the details, but if you have a question about something." please send it in to info, I-N-F-O, at westsidepb.org. And we will answer that question in depth here on the podcast. And so there's going to be a ton of questions that pop up through studying the book of Acts because it's an awesome book and there's some cool stuff and there's some weird stuff. And so listen, if you have a question about something, even in these past weeks verses, uh, please send us an email at info at westsidepb.org and we will would love to answer that for you.
0: Yeah. And then we got we got a few announcements for you. Uh, Westside men and women have launched. If you want to get involved in that, women, it's six ages 16 and up. That's Monday nights at 6.30 at church. And the same for Westside men. That's Wednesday nights at 6.30 at the church for men 16 and older. For men and women, if you guys have a desire to get around other men and women who love Jesus and want to love Jesus more yourself in a community environment, this is the place for you. We also have a church work day coming up. Yeah, we do. Um, that. I'm looking at the graphic here. It says August 25th, but that has come and gone. Is it September 25th? Uh, yeah, September <laughs> yeah. 25th. September 25th. This is Saturday, 8 a.m. So come on out and help us out with that. Um, just I love what uh what Terry said. She did announcements this week. She's one of our board members. She said, "Uh, you're in the family of God, and sometimes being in a family means chores." <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so come out here and do some work with us. Yep, this Saturday, yeah, yeah, man. Get some stuff done this Saturday, 8 a.m. at the church. Uh, I don't have anything else uh, to announce. I don't think. we've Other got than that, else going we've got on.
1: some new. Fire merch yes, that's available. That's right. And so, if you've been missing on some Sundays or just yeah. catching us online, be sure this Sunday when you come to stop by the information table in the lobby. Fall's coming up, and you're going to be around some bonfires. And there's yep. nothing cooler than being around a bonfire, cooking some s'mores in your fresh West Side <laughs> hoodie, man. So, come on with it.
0: Wear that West Side gear by the fire. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to the rest of the sermon. And as always, may everything that we say and do be all about Jesus. We love you guys. Blessings. I'm